Good morning, church. We are so glad you're here this morning. Uh, it is kind of weird that we're not together. It's kind of weird that there's nobody out here and, and that we're just doing this through video. I got a couple guys here, so it, it helps me out a little bit, but we are glad that you joined us this morning. Uh, this morning, we are going to be talking about uh, God's Word, and we're going to be talking about how uh, it can impact your life and what it means to you. We're going to ask three big questions, two of them in the, uh, in the kind of like the the sermon part, and then one that hopefully is a challenge to you. And so uh, I just want to get started this morning uh, with, uh, with prayer, and then we'll get into God's Word. Uh, Lord, thank you for who you are, what you uh, can do through the power of your Word. We just ask that this would um, hit hearts this morning, not because of things that I say, but because of Scripture and the truth uh, and the power that it has. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I want to ask you the first question. The first question is, what should God's Word mean to you? What should God's Word mean to you? In Hebrews 4, 12 uh, through 14, it says, For the Word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. The first thing I want you to see is that God's Word is alive. It is not just history, and it is not just the future, but it is alive right here in this very moment in your life. So if you're going through a time of depression, you're going through a time of joy, if you're going through a time of sadness, if there's sorrow, if you're grieving, all of those things, God's Word is alive in those moments for you. It is not just history, and it is not just the future, but it is alive right now in the moments of your life. Uh, the second thing that we see in here is that it's powerful. Now, powerful is a dangerous word, and I say that because when we think of powerful, we think of uh, how the word makes us more. It makes us more of something. We have we have more power. We have we have more ability. We have more of something, and so it's it can be a dangerous word. But the power of God's word is different. The power of God's word is it takes us and makes us less so that Jesus become, becomes more. We become less and Jesus becomes more. And I, I want you guys to see in this power as, as Jesus is becoming more in our lives and we're becoming less. I want you guys to understand, and this is, people, people don't like it when you say this kind of thing, but you are not a great person apart from God's Word. You're not a great person apart from God's Word. Now, some of you are saying, well, I feel like a pretty good person, and, and I, you know, I might not read it a lot, but I feel like... And I understand that, and there are a few things written, written on your heart that God has written on your heart to act and, and do, but really, apart from God's Word, you're not a great person. And I know this to be true because of myself. Now, most of you, you have that, that, that gene inside your body that allows you to be like a decent person most of the time. But you have to understand, I know from, from me that I struggle to even like people without God's Word. I mean, I don't like people. I don't want to have anything to do with people. I think they're annoying, and I, and I just struggle. I really do. And I struggle to love people, and I struggle to... To, to have good relationships with the people around me. And I want us to understand that God's Word allows us to become less of who we, we are and more of who Jesus is. 
We are not great people without us God's word. And I know you feel like that because a lot of times we we have a standard, and a lot of times that standard is ourself. You know, if, if we're doing just a little bit better than the person next to us, or the standard is the world, and we look around and we're looking at news and we realize, well, we're doing a little bit better than that person. And and I want you guys to understand that that God's words it should be your standard, that Jesus should be your standard, and that God's word should make you see yourself differently. It should make you see yourself differently. Because our standard becomes what we read in this book. And what we read in this book shows us that we are holding on to selfishness and we're holding on to bitterness and that we're holding on to the sin more than we thought we were. And we have to get that in our minds that we need God's words to bring those things out. God's word has the ability, we see in this verse, to cut deep. It cuts deep between, beyond joints and marrow, and it exposes our desires and it exposes our thoughts. And it shows us where we're coming up short. So even when we feel like we have got things figured out, we've got all this... Uh, everything that we need to know, we understand that there's always more. There's always more depth in our life that we need to go. And God's word shows us that, and we see that in, in, in Hebrews here. Then the third point is that is centered around a person, and that person is Jesus. In John 5, 39, it says, You search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life, but the scriptures point to me. This is what Jesus says about God's word. He says that everything from the beginning to the end is pointing towards me. The, the redemptive story that points to Jesus in the Old Testament, to the salvation story in the New Testament, to, to Jesus coming again at the end of the New Testament is all pointing to Jesus. And it's all pointing to Jesus and is all centered around the fact that this story and, and all of these uh, in this book is coming from God. In 2 Peter 1.21, it says, Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative. No, those prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. Everything that we read in this Bible, is a message and it is spoken from God. It is, his, it is his story and letters to us. And so what we need to understand is that people's lives are changed at Gulfside because of the power of God's word and his Holy Spirit that's working. Listen, I understand that we have great pastors, and we do. We are, we are very blessed with some amazing pastors. But their ability to communicate and, and maybe even make you laugh or entertain you on a Sunday is not the power that's changing your life. It is when they tell you about God's word and when we read God's word, that is what's changing. It is, God, it is the power of God's word and the moving of the Holy Spirit that make, is making a difference in your life and the lives of the people around us. That is what's making the difference. So we can offer programs that we think are great. I think we have a great teen program. Our youth group is awesome. And we have a great children's ministry. And we have a great adult ministries and all the small groups that go on. But if they're not based here, 
If they're not centered around this, if they're not centered around God's word, they're not centered around Jesus, if they're, if they're not being moved by the Holy Spirit, guys, then we are literally just a social club. That's all we are. But because we're focused in on this, this is where our power is coming from. Because this is spoken from God to us. And so that is, that is what God's word should mean to us. It means that it's alive and that it's powerful and that it's centered around Jesus and it's, and it's from God himself. But the second question is this. Do you understand what God's word means for you? Now, I have this circle behind me. And it, in it, you know, outside of all these things it is sin. Okay, and I want you to pretend or work with me here. This circle is God's word. Okay, and the circle is God's word. So outside we have, I just, I couldn't list all the sins. Okay, but we have adultery, we have lust, we have selfishness and pride, bitterness, boasting, complaining. I put that one in there just just drive you guys nuts because we all complain, and so we can all relate to that. We have lying and disobedience, and, and so we have God's word here, and um, in the Old Testament, when God gave his word, and when he was giving us the Old Testament, he, he had us focus on a lot of different things, and we see that what we were focusing on were the sins around us. It was, a matter of fact, we read in Romans 5.20 that God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sin more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. And the thing is, I think right now, this is how we oftentimes read the Bible. We oftentimes read the Bible and we see, okay, so how can I change? Or what, do, what can I give up? Or what can I do differently? And that's how we focus. We read the Bible and we focus on what can I do to stop all these sins? What can, I, what can I possibly give up? And, and what we see is something beautiful that happens. We read John 1.1 1, 1 that says, In the beginning was the, the Word already existed. The Word was with God. And here's the great part. And the Word was God. And, if, and, and to be perfectly clear, so we're on the same page, is talking about Jesus. And so what we see is that Jesus is in here. And, and some of you are asking, well, how in the world does that make a difference in my life? How does that make a difference? I understand God's word and, and, and the word is Jesus and, and okay, I see it, but I'm still seeing all these sins in my life. What am I going to do with that? What am I going to do? And I, I want to show you in Romans 12, 1 through 2, I want you guys to see how this changes everything. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin, right? Especially the sin that is so easily trips us up and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. And then all we think is, okay, well, how? How do we do that? Verse two, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him he endured the cross, disregarding his shame, and now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. We keep our eyes on Jesus. And so Jesus has come and he has shown us that instead of putting our focus on all the things that we think are keeping us from knowing God, 
all the things that are keeping us from feeling like we should have a better relationship with God, instead of keeping our eyes on all the things that we see, that God's Word tells us that, man, this is what we're doing wrong. Instead, we keep our eyes on Jesus. And how do we keep our eyes on that? Well, you're going to kind of see it all come full circle. By knowing who He is. We keep our eyes on Jesus by knowing who He is. And how do we know who He is? We read His Word. We have to spend time here to know who Jesus is. You can get taught all you want. You can come to Sunday all you want, and those things are great. But until you take personal time and understand God's Word and start flipping through the pages of the Bible, and, and, and it starts speaking to, to who Jesus is and what He's done for you, there is no way we can fully understand and know Him without spending personal time here. And when we spend personal time here, we have to remember James 1.22. Don't just listen to God's Word. You must do what it says, otherwise you're just fooling yourselves. So if all of this is true, if God's Word is, is alive and it's powerful and it's centered around Jesus, and we're supposed to be focusing on it, if all of that is true, if it's, if it's from God, if, God's, if this word is from God himself and all of those things are true, here is my one question that I just want you to think about this morning and kind of take away this day. If all of those are true, why don't you read it? Why don't you read it? Why isn't it the most important thing that you do every day? Why do we try to always talk about how we have to find time to squeeze God's word into our day? It should be the first thing that we think about. It should be the thing that sets us on the course for our day. Why do we try to squeeze it in? Why aren't we reading it? And so, if God's word is alive and powerful and from God and it points to Jesus... The only way I know how to end this sermon is with God's words instead of mine. And so let's finish with this. 2 Timothy 3, 16-17. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Matthew 24, 35. Heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear.